It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Despoiler of Havenfall by Michael Hagen Wiesk. A short story from League of Legends. Read to you by Prestige Edition. With a few lines provided by The Sweet Sniper. The fog had come in swiftly, eclipsing the afternoon sun over the crossroads. Jonath had tried to find his way between the thick tendrils, the world around him darkened by an impenetrable shroud. Shapes pushed at the fabric of the mist, grasping for purchase, reaching for him from beyond. He fumbled with the reins in his hands, trying to find the nerve to do what he had to, so he could mount up and ride for safety. Don't do this, boy. We all have a duty. Jonath blinked the fear from his eyes, fixating on the knight slumped over the steed. He had found her like this, still mounted, but unable to even right herself in the saddle. Her armor was pierced and slick with blood, although Jonath didn't know what manner of weapon could have inflicted these wounds. The knight was dying all the same. In her eyes, he saw judgment. They found him weak, unworthy. She gripped the reins firmly in one plated fist, pulling him in close. We must carry word to the capital. You, the heir, must know. Tell Prince Jarvan what is happening here. The garrison cannot hold them off. Faint sounds of battle from the south told Jonath that the beans in the mist had reached Havenfall. The air around him grew colder, darker. The inky mist pulsated, inching close. Havenfall's nights were none of his business. The supposed elite of the crown had never done anything for him. And the people there. Screwing shut his eyes, Jonath ripped the reins from the night trying to ignore her pained gasp as she rolled out of the saddle and hit the ground. Protector, forgive me, he whispered, his voice wavering. This was no worse than the other times he had taken horses, he tried to tell himself as he mounted. The war steed's bulk instilled a measure of calm in him. Running a hand down the stallion's muscled neck, Jonath looked around the crossroads to get his bearings. The eastbound road led to the great city, with its high walls and countless soldiers. What warning did they need? Surely whatever foul magic urged the claws and voices in the mist would be no match for the capital's defense of stone and steel. Just to the south lay Havenfall, his home. Moments ago, he could see its glinting rooftops and rows of masts from where he now stood. Behind the town 
lay open country, as far as a horse could carry him. Jonath had spent days beyond count riding across those rolling hills, racing incoming ships along the white cliffs overlooking the bay, letting the sea stiffen his hair with salt, rejoicing in the thrills of unchecked freedom. He'd never kept any he took. He was no thief who deserved to be exiled to the hinterlands. He borrowed horses, always returning them at the end of his excursions, tired but unharmed. How will I return this one, if I leave her to... No, it wasn't his fault she had gotten in the way of this mist and squandered her chance at survival. For Jonath to take his did not make him guilty of her death. No matter what he did, he had always been deemed insufficient. He had a hand with horses and the will to work, but even his elders, horse breeders and traders, had shunned him for his unwillingness to put the demands of others ahead of his own needs. No use in talent if he couldn't be relied on, they said. No use in the approval of people who didn't value true freedom, thought Jonath. Not to mention the garrison, who glorified obedience above all else, sneering at him down gilded lances, even when he came to prove his mettle on the recruiting fields. Well, out in the hills, chasing the wind on the back of an unbroken steed, he was the exemplar. He would outrun this unnatural mist and lose himself among the ranging herds. Jonath spurred the stallion, making for the southern path, as time slowed down around him. The stallion flattened his ears, suddenly rigid under Jonath. Whatever had scared it was beyond the natural din of battle, something that didn't belong here. Jonath felt it, too. Primal fear seized him, squeezing his chest with an unyielding grip. The mist pulled close, then pulsed clear of the crossing, as if limbs within were pulling the veil aside. Jonath heard nothing in the deathly stillness. Then came the sound of steeled hooves on hard pack road. As the veil parted, Jonath made out riders in the gloom. Even though he could hear the mounts at full gallop, the clatter of plate armor, and the whipping of stirrups, the echelon appeared immobile, like a framed tableau of nobles on the hunt, or the crown's elite on the charge, come at the last second to defend the citizenry against the dangers beyond the border. But these were not Damasian knights, nor saviors from fairy tales. These riders were not here to protect. They were girded in black iron plate, and an evil light glowed in their motionless eyes. A bannerman carried a still pennant, the beating fabric audible nonetheless. A hornblower, lipless mouth deadlocked around his instrument, sounded the attack. The mist shrieked. Hecarim! It was a name. Somehow Jonath knew. The mist heralded his coming. It was the name of death itself. As this realization staggered Jonath, 
he noticed the rider at the lead. He was gigantic, towering over his retinue, shaking the ground with each unmoving stride. His eyes, bright with inner fire, took in all before them. Even staring ahead, they seemed to bore into Jonath, searing through him, filling him with an ancient dread. The rider turned his head and smiled. Jonath let out a cry, recoiling with instinctual fear. He flailed, kicking back to stay in the saddle, startling his stallion. The mount reared, throwing Jonath to the ground with a dry thud. Galvanized by the shock, the animal bolted into the darkness. Jonath groaned, his head ringing with the impact. He pressed his forehead against the dry earth, dust packing his nostrils with each panicked breath. He wished he could pray away what he would see when he looked up. Rise, fire, a grinding voice said, a smile pulling the syllables taut. Find your courage! Look at me! The words were guttural, each syllable slowly surfacing as if rising from the depths of a furnace. Jonath could not place the accent, but he had heard its mocking tone before. A sting of old spite made him raise his head. Crudely shod hooves burned the soil where they stood. The rider's horse seemed to be made entirely of blackened iron, glowing from within with green fire. Jonath's breath caught in his throat as he saw the rider was not saddled on this unnatural steed. He was fused with it. What was he? Had he come as punishment for Jonath's crime? The monstrosity laughed, slowly raising an infernal glaive. Tears ran down Jonath's face, his mind seizing hold of the only thought it could. Protector, forgive me. Protector, forgive me. But the blow never fell. Instead, the monster called one of his ghostly riders closer. The rider, too, was not a horseman at all, but fused at the midriff with the body of a horse. The entire echelon was deformed like their leader. Hecarim gripped the rider's neck and slowly, effortlessly, ripped his torso from the equine trunk. The rider, trailing green smoke, made no sound, twitching erratically. Where his body had been, there was now the head of a withered, armored destrier. I'll come back for you later. The leader chuckled as he released the rider's spirit. The spirit floated midair, aimless now that it had been severed from its animal half. The rest of the undying echelon remained utterly motionless, frozen in time. Hecarim turned his gaze to Jonath. I claim this land by decree of King Diego, regent of the Shadow Isles. Let my loyal knights witness that Hecarim, conqueror of Helia, grand master of the Iron Order, honors his foes with a fair fight. The words twisted around his smirk. So, find your courage, noble squire, and mount up. <laughs>
presented the reins of the spectral destrier to Jonath. Jonath took in Hecarim, the tone of his offer betraying it for the lie it was. He looked around him, the echelon of knights looming, immovable rictus grins carved into their skeletal faces. His mind screamed in tune with the whispers behind the veil. Let soldiers deal with these monsters. He grabbed the reins and, with one motion, swung up into the saddle. The steed's body was solid, yet incorporeal at the same time, the heavy barding hissing where it moved against the beast's bulk. Where he would sense a horse's character, Jonath felt only emptiness. Where he should feel a union of kindred minds, he teetered on the edge of a ravenous void. Jonath let his fear take over and hammered his heels into its flanks. He ripped at the reins and turned south, piercing into the wall of black mist. Hooked nails scoring my skin, long dead grimaces accusing me, and bursting out the other side into the clear. Ahead, the path was open. The sun was setting over the bay, the sea glittering calmly beyond the cliffs. Behind Jonath, hollow, furnace laughter echoed through the crossroads. Give chase, he heard Hecarim order. Jonath clung to the steed, speeding down the path faster than he had ever seen any stallion gallop. In his wake, a thin trail of the unnatural mist lined the packed earth. The sun was setting into the bay, giving way to the deep blue of dusk. It had been a beautiful day for a ride. If he kept its pace, he might see another. Looking up, he saw the protector's shield coming into view in the darkening sky. Jonath's smile at the constellation turned stale as he heard the long call of a hunting horn. His heartbeat quickened as he saw thick tendrils of mist closing in behind him. The monstrous Hecarim and his iron order rode within. Tendrils of darkness flanked Jonath, and he thought he could see shapes coalescing inside. His mouth fell open in horror, his vision blurring from sudden tears. He could see her nonetheless. The night he had left to die, now a ghostly form trapped in the mist. She raised an arm that ended in a ragged stump, the hand that had held the reins missing. You have no honor, she wailed. You are no true Demacian. Please, no, Jonath whispered, forcing his gaze ahead. He frantically kicked the steed's flanks, willing it to get him away from this horror. He glanced down at the reins. The knight's severed fist was gripping them, yanking the mount into a stall. Flee, coward, the voice echoed from the mist. Whimpering in anguish, Jonath ripped the reins out of the fist and threw the plated gauntlet toward the riders at his heels. So quick to take offense, squire, Hecarim jeered. I did not think you had the courage. If you are challenging me to a duel, then I accept. We noblemen have a code to follow, after all. 
Jonath raised an arm in front of his face as Hecarim closed to striking distance. But instead of being beheaded by the glaive, Jonath was engulfed once more in cloying darkness. The faces of the dead surrounded him, their scornful laughter an anthem to their twisted master's trickery. Jonath spurred his spectral steed, and as he burst from the mist, Hecarim and the riders disappeared from view. Night had fallen over the coast as Jonath passed the stables at the edge of Havenfall. The sound of battle had stopped, and the approaches to the town appeared largely untouched. He felt a brief wave of relief. He would find soldiers here who could fight. Commander Tinderid and his garrison would see off the riders on Jonath's trail. For all his imperious arrogance, the Castellan was an indomitable warrior. Jonath saw war horses, some half-saddled and barded, some still tied to their hitching rails near the trough, lay dead. His heart sank. As Jonath's destrier carried him further into the settlement, the true horror of the black mist around him became apparent. Jonath slowly turned around. All of this couldn't be real. It had to be a figment of his troubled imagination, or some dark sorcery worked by a vengeful hedge mage. But his eyes told him otherwise. In the streets, the spirits of newly dead townsfolk lingered above their own corpses, cowering in fear, wailing silently, reliving the instant they were ridden down by the Iron Order. Proud knights of the crown stood mute where they had died battling. As Jonath passed, one by one, spirits fixed their hollow eyes on him. A knight, his killer's spear still pinning his shield to the shade of his body, made a step toward Jonath. A gasp escaped his lips as he recognized Commander Tinderid. A group of dead shipbuilders haltingly gained their feet and tumbled toward Jonath in agitation. He kicked his steed and made his escape. A voice inside him whispered that even in death, they knew he didn't belong. Wraith-like raiders coursed through the merchant quarters, corralling survivors and putting torches to the roofs of the smithies and trade posts. Green fire engulfed the buildings and cast a deathly light across the square, the thatching and wood somehow remaining untouched by the flames. The townsfolk inside. Jonath looked away as he rode, willing himself not to hear. By the harbor, fishing boats and river barges lay low against the white stone pier, scuttled and ablaze. Jonath looked out over the bay, his gaze drawn across the still water by the long, mournful note of a hunting horn. A squadron of spectral riders raced across the calm water in the moonlight, lowering their spears as they neared the last sail ship still afloat. The charge hit home, followed by the faint clash of weapons and the cries of sailors dying. The ship disappeared from sight in a mass of writhing fog. The entirety of Havenfall was under siege. Who knew how much of Demacia was affected by this invasion? 
circling his mount, Jonath tried to control his fear and find a way out. Perhaps he should race his own steed off the pier and ride the waters across the bay. He was unable to outpace these deathless monsters, but he might slip away unnoticed and escape this terrible nightmare. Jonath was brought back to the present by the sound of footfalls. He noticed a gaggle of survivors picking their way through the ruined market square. There were four of them, a pair of brown-haired youths, clearly siblings by their features, held on to short blades, their eyes darting fearfully across the square. They protected an elderly woman who followed in their wake, dressed in the garb of the illuminators and carrying a steel cudgel. Jonath knew the powerfully built figure at the head of the group. It was the blacksmith Adamar. He held a heavy blade and shield, still unadorned and blackened with the soot of its forging. Jonath! Adamar called out quietly. We thought we were the last ones left alive. We're getting away from here. You are welcome to join. The blacksmith fell silent as he saw Jonath's steed. His eyes hardened with fury, and he ushered the others behind him, soot matte shield held high. You're in league with these monsters! The old illuminator placed a hand on Adamar's shoulder. Look at his eyes, Ada. He's just as afraid as we are. He's not with them. She addressed Jonath directly. Get off that abomination, child, and come with us. I wish I could, Jonath heard himself say. The guilt of his actions washed over him, making his head swim. He saw the dying knight's face again, accusing him. But, Adamar, he's right. I don't belong here, and I don't deserve your mercy. You don't know what I did today, who I really am. I am no Demacian. Enough of that. You are Jonath of Ropemaker's Row, not some stranger. Don't think I haven't noticed you pray at the Protector's Shrine after dark. I know your heart wants to lead you back to righteousness. I cannot tell you if it will, but tonight, all that matters is survival. There are not many of us left here, and you are one of us, one of the living. Now get off that thing and let us leave this place. Jonath grabbed the saddle, swinging his leg up to dismount. Thank the protector for your mercy. Coils of mist ripped open above the town square, spectral riders bursting forth. Hecarim was at the fore, galloping through thin air, swinging his jagged glaive wide. Before Jonath understood what he was looking at, the blade struck the illuminator in the chest, cleaving her in two. Hecarim's riders unceremoniously ran through Adamar and the two youths before cantering to a halt. Like the first time Jonath saw them, they became completely still, their spears held rigidly upright, their banners and pinions frozen, only the sound of their motionless regalia piercing the deathly quiet. Ever the first of their number, there was Hecarim, hooves scraping the ground, his animal body pacing back and forth, his eyes burning with ancient intellect.
Grandmaster, Conqueror, Despoiler of Havenfall. How was Jonath meant to stand against the might of this infernal warmaster? How was anyone? Hecarim closed the distance, riding up alongside Jonath until they stood shoulder to shoulder. Slowly, he reached down toward the bridle of Jonath's borrowed steed, arresting it in place. The Grandmaster was taller than Jonath by half. You acquitted yourself well today, Hecarim said. The deep furnace roar softened to a growl. His gaze wandered, settling on the moonlit bay behind Jonath. I have seen kings lose their minds when faced with the black mist and the eternal anguish that it brings. Everyone you ever knew perished this night, yet your will to survive remains unbroken. Who else are you willing to sacrifice so you can live? Are you willing to let even your liege die? Jonath's heart pounded. His vision blurred as tears of helpless panic threatened to overwhelm him. Moments ago, Hecarim had slain the last survivors of his hometown, and now he was conversing with him as if they had sparred in some practice duel on the training grounds. The... the king is already dead. The crown prince, protector guide his hand, is next in line. And there could be no one more deserving. I do not want to put him in peril for my own gain. Hecarim remained still for a moment, then scoffed with soured mirth. In the line of succession, the crown does not always go to the most fitting heir. And what do I care for the frail kingdoms of the living? We all have to make do with the hand fate deals us. Up close, Jonath could see the countless pits and scratches in Hecarim's armor. He could see endless years of conflict scored into the black iron plates, encasing the flames that made up his body, and understood a fundamental truth about this creature. He had been created by war, and he was made for war. He had done nothing but battle for centuries, condemned to relive his worst transgressions. Whatever crimes he had committed in life, this was his punishment. And he relished every interminable second of it. Wherever the unnatural mist went, Hecarim and his Iron Order followed, pillaging, killing, and reveling in the atrocities they inflicted on the living. What would become of Demacia if no one stopped this evil? Jonath finally understood something that had eluded him his entire life. Courage wasn't some unique quality infused into true Demacians at birth, or a measure of his worth to the world. It was a question of realizing what must be done, and choosing to do it no matter what. He felt calm for the first time since the crossroads. He remembered the wounded knight's dying words one last time. 
there were no soldiers left in Havenfall to warn the crown prince, and soon there might be none left in the entire kingdom. Fixing the Grand Master with his gaze, he pulled the reins from Hecarim's mailed fist, taking control of the Destrier. Hecarim indulged him, his posture changing from introspection to curiosity. Jonath wheeled, gaining a few paces of distance. I have seen how you ride down defenseless villagers, reveling in the screams of the helpless. I know you are bound to your basest instincts for eternity, but there is more to you. If a shred of your living self remains, if you have any honor at all, abomination, you will let me pass. He collected himself. He knew he would not make it to the great city, but he was going to try. The bulk of his tireless mount tensed as it sensed what was about to happen. With all his might, Jonath gave it the spurs, and his spectral steed charged. For the first time in his life, Jonath truly believed the words as they sprang from his lips. For the uncrowned king! For Demacia! Hecarim smirked with delight as the boy charged willingly toward the spears of the Iron Order. The folly of youth had stayed with him until death, a flaw all too common in Hecarim's experience. But as long as Viego chased his own foolish obsession across the oceans of the world, trailing the mist in his wake, Hecarim would enjoy the spoils of war. Around him, as far as he could see, his riders spread terror and death. A cast-iron grin widened across his burning skull. If but our hands were not bound by fealty, he mused, as he watched the last living soul of Havenfall perish. I'd like to thank The Sweet Sniper for this week's collaboration. You can find me at twitch.tv slash thesweetsniper. All credit for these stories goes to Riot Games and League of Legends. Full details can be found in the video description. If you enjoyed this production, please hit like and subscribe. There's a lot more coming.